0: It is not often that headlines are dominated by balloons. Following the U.S. military's takedown of what they say is a Chinese spy balloon flying over the States, that has been the case. If we're spending
1: time trying to shoot down balloons, then we're not shooting down Japanese fire pilots and those kinds of things.
0: But what about that one time a Japanese balloon with a bomb attached to it dropped in Metro Detroit? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. You would have been hard-pressed over the last week to have not heard a news story of a Chinese spy balloon soaring across the United States. The headlines? They were incessant. The balloon was first spotted over Alaska. U.S. military officials say the Chinese surveillance balloon will probably be over the country for another few days. Senators will get a briefing on the balloon. Hours after the balloon was shot down, China lashed out at the U.S. Defense
1: officials now say there's a second balloon. We're seeing reports of a balloon transiting Latin America.
0: For what it's worth, the Chinese government has objected to all of this. They say the balloon was not a piece of spy equipment, but a weather balloon. Former U.S. Army Colonel Jeff McCausland told WWJ anchor Ryan Recker that one thing is not up for debate. This event will have consequences.
2: This is a domestic as well as an international problem. It's an international problem between the United States And China, and sadly jeopardized a very important trip by Secretary of State Blinken, first time a cabinet member had been in China in a number of years, to try to see if we could reduce tensions with China. But back at home, this has become a serious domestic problem for the Biden administration, as Republicans were very critical of the president's decision not to shoot this particular uh, aircraft down immediately. What I found most interesting, of course, was the Chinese saying, we reserve the right to respond. And what that means in the near future, I think is going to be very interesting to watch. You know, we conduct Aerial surveillance by aircraft flying over international waters, but very close to the Chinese coast on a regular basis. Chinese fighter aircraft will come up and buzz those surveillance planes. Does their willingness or desire to respond mean they're going to be even more aggressive as we continue to conduct our own surveillance in the vicinity of Chinese territory?
0: What is the current relationship status between the U.S. and China? I could fair guess and say, meh. But I'm no expert. It's a good thing I know one, though. Hello, hello. Hi, is this Professor Stamps? And is this Zach? It is indeed. How are you, sir?
1: I'm up and functioning. So
0: that's good. Excellent. That right there is Dr. Richard Stamps. He's Professor Emeritus of Anthropology at Oakland University. He spent over 50 years studying China and lived there for almost a decade. And he says, yeah, the relationship between the superpowers is not great.
1: I think the
0: uh, relations
1: uh, right now are cool, are stressed and strained. But my theory is, you know, it's better to talk than to fight and that we need to open communications and we need to understand where they're coming from. So I'm, I'm full of questions like that.
0: I did think one thing was odd, though. A balloon in 2023? But Dr. Stamps tells me the Chinese have been using balloons for thousands of years. The
1: Chinese have been making balloons, hot air balloons. I think back in the Eastern Han Dynasty, 3,000 years ago, they were creating these little hot air balloons. So later on, when the uh, French and others come along and they say, oh, hey, we've got a new idea. It wasn't a new idea. They were stealing intellectual property from China.
0: For us here in Michigan, dealing with balloons of perceived enemies is actually nothing new. But to get there, we'll have to get in the Wayback Machine and head to World War II. I read this great article in the Detroit Free Press by Keith Matheny. It was about Operation Fugo. Operation Fugo was a tactic used by the Japanese that basically strapped bombs to balloons with the goal of having them cross the Atlantic and land in North America. Here is Dr. Stamps again.
1: They probably launched about 9,000 of these bombs. And that these bombs, they carried four incendiary bombs and one 30 pound high explosive bomb. So here comes a Japanese balloon, and then it crashes into somewhere in North America. What were they trying to do with those bombs? They were trying to attack. I don't think they were trying to soften us up for a major assault, but they were trying to cause panic. They're trying to uh, let America know that Japan was still up there and fighting.
0: That article written by Keith Matheny, it points out that this attempt at destruction by the Japanese failed. Less than 300 made it to North America. But two of them were found in Michigan. One by Byron Center, which is out west near Grand Rapids. The other, though, it made it all the way to 8 Mile and Gill Roads in Farmington. Neither caused any damage, but Dr. Stamps says the fear was real.
1: I was born in the San Francisco Bay Area in World War II. And you go to San Francisco and you see the bunkers, the uh, cannon placements, and uh, just the, the protective barriers. There was a great fear of the Japanese attacking the United States. And they, again, were pulling out all of the different possibilities. They built submarines. They built aircraft carriers and planes that we sadly missed the intelligence on when Pearl Harbor and that terrible loss of life.
0: But if we're fighting a war, why would you use balloons? It seems odd. I guess that's before you hear the explanation.
1: If we're spending time trying to shoot down balloons, then we're not shooting down Japanese fighter pilots and those kinds of things. The initial U.S. bombings We're not Hiroshima and Nagasaki atomic bombs. We dropped our share of incendiary bombs. Why? Because the Japanese architecture of the homes in the neighborhoods they're made of wood. And so all you need is to drop one incendiary into the neighborhood, and you can cause a lot of trouble with one little firebomb. Well, we were dropping incendiary bombs on them. So they included in their bomb loads that were coming our direction, you know, yes, a high powered 30 pound explosive, but they also had these incendiary bombs to start forest fires, fires in cities, and the like.
0: We know that the Japanese balloon bomb mission failed, and we know the Allied forces won World War II. But what happens next in the present between the Americans and the Chinese? Colonel McCausland says that's not clear. It remains to be
2: seen based on what both sides do. For example, if the Chinese now do want to do a response, they want, as I suggested, be more aggressive in coming up and trying to harass our surveillance aircraft, do we have a mid-air collision? Do we decide to put fighter escorts up for our surveillance aircraft off the coast of China, which could end up in you know some kind of a confrontation? So I think it's what both sides do now, either to ratchet down tensions or to raise tensions, will determine that fact.
0: International diplomatic relationships are important, if not wildly delicate. Dr. Stamps is hoping cooler heads will ultimately prevail. Well, I hopefully we will take a deep breath. And hopefully
1: some of those people in Washington, D.C. who are getting kind of fierce and saying, oh, we should have shot it down earlier. Just take a deep breath, recognize, um, and then hopefully we can get that visit with Blinken back on and just keep those telephone lines open and those communication lines open. That's what we've got to do. And again, just maybe a wake up call for the American public. Yes, they were collecting data. Yes, we collect data. James Bond, as I said to someone else, James
0: Bond isn't all fiction. This balloon story, it can be a little draining, right? We keep hearing about it over and over and over again. But when it surfaces some cool Michigan history like the World War II balloon bombs, maybe it's worth it. Today's big thanks go out to Dr. Richard Stamps, Ryan Recker, and Colonel Jeff McCausland. Check out WWJnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want The Daily J delivered right to you? Subscribe using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J.